In the passages of Luke's Gospel prior to our text for today, Jesus has been unrelenting in his teachings about what it takes to be a faithful follower of the Gospel and to embrace the Kingdom of God. It seems, perhaps, that the Apostles have had just about enough of Jesus' instructions and expectations of the changes necessary to be part of the Kingdom of God, and so they cry out, increase our faith. In other words, you need to help us. In the previous text to today, Jesus has talked of taking care of the little ones. And for him, the little ones, the least, are all of those who had been shunned by the community, those who had been ostracized for whatever reason, especially those who had been pushed to the margins of acceptability because of a current social and religious ideology, those who had been judged by the righteous as being out of God's favor because they were sick or blind or lame or sinners, the least. Jesus' teaching on inclusion and equality went against this current practice of retaliation, which was often thought to be the way to protect the social order. And he went on about forgiveness, forgiveness of all those who offend, and about praying for enemies. What next? Will we have to love them, too? And so the apostles cry out, increase our faith. They have some faith, but feel it's not enough to do what Jesus asks or expects. They're not ready to walk away, although the Gospels tell us in another place that some did because they found his teachings too hard to follow. But the apostles today clearly feel that they need something to do all of these things. It must be faith that they are missing. Habakkuk, what a great prophet, Habakkuk, has the same image, the same sort, the same issue with God. I cry for help, and you do not listen. How long, O Lord? The violence, the ruin, the misery. Do something. And God instructs the prophet Habakkuk to write down the vision on tablets. Who knew they had tablets? <laughs> to write down this vision so anyone could read it. God says to the prophet, the whole community can see it and regain its hope. 
What is this vision that Habakkuk is to write? It is nothing less than the promise of God to overturn the misery and the hopelessness of a people. It is a vision of a God who will not give up on a people even when they grumble. They will no longer just wait for God to act, but they will be empowered to move into action and to bring this vision to bear on the world around them. There will be peace beyond the violence and the injustice, the misery and the persecution. And so Habakkuk will become a prophet of a great future, not a complainer of the past, for the vision is not beyond the people who have hope. Paul writes from his prison to Timothy, his disciple, and in the midst of his own hardship, he speaks rather of another vision, and he tells Timothy to stir up a flame that is already in them, Paul says. There's not fear there. That's not a gift of cowardice, he says, but a gift of courage, a gift of witness to God. And he tells Timothy that this is a rich trust that you already have, Paul says to them. By the gift of the Spirit, you already have this flame of trust and hope. And so the disciples, like Habakkuk, they want Jesus to fix things by giving them more faith. And Jesus' response is, is classic, Jesus. And he uses a ridiculous example and image to teach them a profound truth. And he says, if you had just a little faith, you could say to this mulberry tree, be planted in the sea and it would happen. Now why in God's name would anyone want to plant a mulberry tree in the midst of the sea? A ridiculous idea. But Jesus says, in a sense, don't worry about the mulberry trees in your life. Worry and do something with the faith you have about the things that are already around you and in front of you. Leave the mulberry trees alone. They'll take care of themselves. But you, you live in the hope and the promise that the faith you have has given to you. It is courage you need. Courage to put into practice the faith that has already been bestowed upon you. It is courage that will bring hope. It is courage that will transform the world around you. This vision is not unreachable. As we come to the end of our celebration of this season of creation, we too take courage that the vision of God the Creator can be realized 
and that the harmony that St. Francis dreamed of and gave witness to in his life can be a universal purpose and a global creed. Even as we see evidence of the violence to the earth and the misery to God's people, as Habakkuk did, let us take up a new courage and believe that the world that we see can be washed clean of all of those things that interfere with its harmony and its beauty. And together, we will be the prophets of hope and we will renew the face of the earth.